Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Today's Daf, Yoma 63, continues a discussion about the requirements that make a sacrifice valid, what may disqualify them, and in what circumstances a person liable for improperly offering a sacrifice. One of the laws governing the sacrifices offered at Yom Kippur was that the goats had to be sacrificed within the temple itself. Anyone offering up one of the sacrificial goats outside of the temple was liable for punishment. At the end of the previous page, an opinion is brought in the name of the Amora Ravchista. According to Ravchista, if somebody slaughtered one of the sacrificial goats too early in the ritual process, they were liable for offering up a sacrifice outside of the temple. The potential problem with this ruling is that if the sacrifice was offered before its proper time, meaning that it would have been an invalid sacrifice no matter what, why should a person be punished for sacrificing it outside of the temple? Something that would imply that if the sacrifice had been offered in the temple, it would have been valid. Something which we know not to be true. In other words, what are the factors that affect the validity of a sacrifice and conversely, the liability for improperly sacrificing an animal. Rav Chista was of the opinion that since a goat sacrificed outside of the temple might have theoretically been valid and fit for a sacrifice, in addition to one of the special goat offerings for Yom Kippur, the person would be liable for offering a sacrifice outside of the temple. Rav Chista's opinion is based upon the principle of since, ho'il, This principle expands the applicability of a law by claiming that since, in theory, an animal could be used for a different sacrifice, the person is liable for offering a sacrifice improperly. This implies that even though the person never had any intention of offering up this type of sacrifice. According to Ho'il, Since it doesn't matter whether the person had in mind the possibility of offering this animal for another sacrifice, if in theory the possibility exists, he is liable. Today's daf questions whether Rav Chizda supports the use of the principle of Ho'il since. A source from the laws of the Passover sacrifice was brought in order to undermine the claim that Rav Chizda holds by Ho'il. What happens if a person slaughters the lamb of a Passover sacrifice outside of the temple, but not on Passover? So this person did two things that were improper. First, they offered a Passover sacrifice outside of the temple, and they also offered it on a day other than Passover. The following answer to this question was brought in the name of Rav Chista. If the person sacrificed the lamb outside of the temple, With the intention of it being a Passover sacrifice, the person is exempt from any type of punishment. Why? That the person sacrificed the animal outside of the temple, which would make the person liable if it was the 14th of Nisan, is irrelevant because it isn't the 14th of Nisan. 
what usually incurs a liability, sacrificing outside of the temple, doesn't matter because there is no possibility of a Passover sacrifice that does not take place on the 14th of Nisan. What if the person sacrificed it, but did not have the proper intention of it being for the Passover sacrifice? In this case, the person is obligated to, for punishment because he wasn't offering it as a Passover sacrifice, rather as a regular sacrifice, and it was improper to sacrifice it outside of the temple. Now, how does this ruling relate to the question of Hu'il? Remember that according to Rav Chista, if a person slaughters the lamb of a Passover sacrifice outside of the temple and not on the 14th of Nisan, and also without the proper intent, he is punished. You might think that this is because Rav Chista holds by the principle of Ho'il, meaning that since theoretically this, past, this, this sacrifice was a valid offering as a regular sacrifice, not as a Passover sacrifice, since it was offered outside of the temple, the person is liable. But no. The Gemara gives another explanation. The person is not liable because of some theoretically possible... Uh, the person is not liable because of some theoretical possibility of a different type of sacrifice. Rather, it is because they sacrificed an animal with the wrong intention, a transgression independent of any other factor. What lies at the, at the center of the use of the concept of huil is the tension between our conscious intentions and theoretical possibilities. What matters more, that which we are really thinking, what we know we want, or theoretical possibilities that we may not be thinking about at all. The Gemara takes a little detour and discusses a little bit more about a Passover sacrifice that was brought outside of the temple and also on the wrong day. An interesting aspect of this discussion is that two different contradictory traditions are both brought in the name of the Amora Rabbi Yermia. According to one tradition, Rabbi Yermia ruled that a person who brought a Passover sacrifice outside of the temple and on the wrong day was exempt from any punishment, whether he had the proper intention, that is, the intention that he was offering a Passover sacrifice, or whether this intention was absent. Another tradition is brought in the name of Rabbi Yermia that teaches the opposite. Whether he had proper intention or improper intention, he was obligated for punishment. This is a good example of the way that Talmudic traditions were transmitted and the reliability of these trans- traditions. Both of these traditions that were transmitted in the name of Rabbi Yermia were brought to Babylonia by an Eretz Israelian sage, a sage who came from the land of Israel to Babylonia. Before email and Facebook, teachings were sent with living people who brought traditions from one place to another. The Gemara continues the discussion about sacrifices that were slaughtered outside of the temple. Depending on the sacrifice, there were different laws regarding where it was to be slaughtered and whether an improper location might, even in, might either invalidate the offering or maybe even cause the person sacrificing the animal to be punished. I think that there is an important message behind this discussion. The Gemara is trying to draw a map of spiritual actions and ritual. What is proper to be performed in a certain place? Are rituals limited to either a certain place or a certain time? There is no 100% agreement on these questions, but there is a partial consensus that certain ritual acts should be performed in certain places and not others. It is not only important what we do, but also where we do it. The Gemara then addresses a different aspect of the sacrifices of Yom Kippur. One of the important stages in the Yom Kippur ritual was choosing which goat was to be sacrificed for God and which was to be sent into the wilderness, the scapegoat. 
The act of choosing the fate of each goat was called hagrala, casting of lots. The Gemara addresses the importance of this stage in the ritual of Yom Kippur. What happens if someone sacrifices a goat, a goat before the Hagrala is performed? That is, before we know the ultimate use for each goat. What is this goat's status as a sacrifice? Our daf ends with a discussion of two other disqualifying factors. The first is offering sacrifices that were too young, a sacrifice that is muhusarzman, literally lacking time. The second is offering a sacrifice that has a blemish, a mum. The Gemara ends by emphasizing how it is important to teach about both of these factors, since if we only learned about one of them, we would have arrived at an incorrect conclusion about the other situation. According to the Gemara, these factors complement one another and both are needed. Shalom and thank you for listening to the Daily Daf Differently. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.